Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ariel Helwani's MMA Show! Again, everyone, welcome to a special VIP edition of the Help Wani Show. It is Tuesday, it is UFC 257 Fight Week. We are doing this for all of you because we are revved and ready to go. We are excited for UFC 257, and of course. We want to say thank you to our good friends over at DraftKings. Yes, we are presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Without them, none of this is possible. So thank you very much to DraftKings. I'll tell you more about them a little later on in the program. But this is the uh, the fifth time that we've done this. Two in person. We did it in Chicago in June of 2019. Remember the Helwani Nose Trivia Challenge won by Stipe Miocic. A lot of people saying these days that I say Juan incorrectly. Like they say I should be saying one. I think it's Juan. They say one. Anyway, Juan by Stipe Miocic. Uh, then we did it in December of 2019. That one was won by Ioani and Jacek, shockingly. Uh, so wait, actually, this is the fourth time we've done it. My uh, fourth time? Yes. Uh, then we did it July of this past year prior to UFC 251. That was a very fun one, a bit of a different one, a virtual one. So now we're back for more virtual fun for all of you. I appreciate everyone who signed up. We're breaking records here. Fastest growing show. We were going to have DC on, but he's sleeping. It's the middle of the night over there in Abu Dhabi. So later on in the program, I'm going to be joined by New York Rick, my old time partner in crime. We've uh, we've been together for quite some time and uh, he will join me for a trivia challenge. Last time I beat him, uh, it was a beatdown of epic proportions. I mean, it wasn't even close. I think I won like 14 to two or something like that. Anyway, he'll be back for a rematch apropos because of the rematch, you know, this weekend, Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier will also be joined by TST, who you may know everyone's favorite minimalist. We'll answer some of your questions. You gave us some questions. We'll answer those. Whatever is on your mind regarding UFC 257. By the way, there's a card tomorrow, a very special Wednesday afternoon card headlined by Neil Magny, AKA the boogeyman up against Michael Chiesa. There's some other interesting names on that card. Mason Jones, cage warriors champion, uh, Lerone Murphy's on that card as well. Anyway, that's a card that starts at 9 a.m. Eastern time. So uh, at least if you're on the East coast, it's uh, pretty early in the morning, 6 a.m. Pacific. And uh, I think it's the first ever Wednesday morning slash afternoon card in UFC history. So, so much going on, so much to talk about. And I thought it would be fun here on this VVV VIP Hawani show to talk to one of the biggest MMA fans I know. Now, several months ago, uh, Daniel Cormier said that I was a try-hard friend when it comes to this individual, that I liked too many of his Instagram posts. So to be honest, I backed off a little bit, but what can I say? He has been the star of this pandemic. Not only does he watch every single MMA card going on from start to finish, from the curtain jerker to the main event, He's also become like an athletic influencer. He's lost, I think, almost 200 pounds. I mean, the guy has really, you talk about a glow up in the pandemic. No one has glown up more than the one and only the Renaissance man, the host, the author, the rapper, the chef. I mean, what else? Uh, I mean, the guy, the, the producer, everything. This man does it. He's a good friend. He's an MMA fan. He's the one and only Bam Bam Baklava. Action Bronson joining me here on the program to kick things off. I want to talk a little UFC 7 with my man AB. 
Action Bronson going to jump in here. Uh, you. Oh, there he is. My. I guy. pressed the wrong button. Sorry. You know I'm always having tech issues. No, this has been going really great since we uh, tested it smooth. all an hour ago. Yeah, very, <laughs> very smooth. You know, I have been waiting for this, this conversation, because DC called me out. Now, he thought I was try hard because my name always comes up first in the likes. You saw when he called me up. But that's just because it's a mutual follow. I'm not the first one to like your posts. He's just hating. He's just jealous. But I have to say, my man, well done. Well done. Thank you. Man. What Thank you have you. done over the past 10 or so months is nothing short of amazing. Answer me this. March 11th, March 12th. How yeah. much did you weigh? 375. 375. Yeah, disgusting. Despicable. Today January 19th, 2021. Yeah. How much did you weigh? 245, which is pretty unbelievable. I, I haven't been this felt since, I don't even know, since junior high school. Wow. What sparked yeah. it? Uh, it's just, you know, this was long overdue. I feel like how can I watch athletics and call myself an athlete when I'm just, I can't even wipe my own ass, you know? <laughs> uh, and yes, of course, uh, you know, if there's any children joining us, you know, there, there might be a few choice words so uh you know nothing you, i'll keep uh, them to a minimum yeah no problem no but that's why i'll we try love you. that's why we love you um and, but listen hold on it's about the instagram thing yeah don't you ever let anyone influence what you like man you like what you like it, it, i like all your photos no matter what that's right i like all my friends photos no matter what it could be the stupidest shit it could be things i actually hate <laughs> and i'm still gonna like it just and i'm support. still gonna comment fire emojis even if deep down below i don't believe it why because it's support right you're there for because it's love. love it's real love it's love those early days and and of course we're going to talk about 257 i want to talk about connor and dustin but I, i'm just i'm fascinated by this those early days like how hard you know because this is inspirational stuff man i see you being read, yeah. written about everywhere like how hard is it to just get <laughs> the rolling fi the fit i love i love the fitness influence yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm over here influencing fitness, man. You know, it was a long time I was influencing lots of people to just eat what they want. I mean, like I said, to, to each its own. There's got to be a balance, right? So for me, I have to do I have to go extreme because I'm always extreme. That's why I don't sniff coke because I know I'd be out of my mind, you know? Right, right. So I never went down that path, but you know, with the food and stuff like that, you know, you become addicted, and then. It's always in your face everywhere you go with all the traveling and doing shows and this and that. And people know you for that. They always want you to eat and have wine and this and that. It wasn't for me anymore. I, I, I like working out. I just had to reconnect. It allowed me to reconnect with the ocean. It allowed me to reconnect with everything that I was missing, you know. And not only are you working out almost every day, right? Do you take any days off? I mean, a day off, you still got to do act rest sure you know some sort of rowing some sort of rope pulling some sort of air bike some sort of aerodynamic situation i'm always practicing in my mind something i'm watching i'm what i'm watching tape i'm analyzing things <laughs> tape on like fi fighting tape <laughs> i watch tape on everything i like fair enough everything uh i like i watch tape on i'm watching lots of bodyboard videos bodyboarding videos so i'm looking at technique and seeing how things go down and reading waves i'm interested in the in the forecast and weather and waves and the ocean and patterns and shit like that 
the, the, the amazing thing is like, sometimes, you know, I have three uh, pretty young children. I'll wake up at seven or so and I'll see your Instagram story and you've been up for two hours. You've made like a meatball <laughs> stew. You've worked out, you've done traps. You've done, what time do you wake up? Yeah. I'm probably around four. Gosh. Around four. I'm. Mean, it's a, it's a total, I've changed everything. I've changed everything. It's pretty, it's pretty mental. Well done. Well done. I'm very happy Thanks, for you. Bro. And I hope you're feeling better, right? I mean, obviously. You're yeah, feeling I feel better. tremendous. I feel tremendous. I'm, I've had the most energy I've ever had in my life. I'm thinking clear, I think. And then, you know, I'm enjoying things a lot. I'm enjoying life. As breathing. you should. Um, I had asthma before, I thought. Well, this is important. I fucking cured a couple things. Really? I cured that shit. It's a Every, Everyone could do it. If I did it, everyone could do it. And and so is it hard because you love food? I'm just curious. Like, are you still able to eat? Hell yeah. Okay. Because you know you just have to have discipline. I'll work out. I you know you have to just move. You can't just sit there and eat and just eat and eat and eat. There needs to be movement. Well, it's been an amazing story. Like I said, you have been one of the stars of the pandemic. But we didn't just want to talk to you about your 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 fitness. <laughs> stars of the pandemic. <laughs> Uh, you're still watching MMA. I see it all the time. Uh, Are you kidding very... me? It's all I live for. What do you think of Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier? First of all, let me ask you this. Conor had everyone at his disposal. He could have gone in a million different directions. When they booked McGregor Poirier too, considering how the first fight went, considering how much Poirier has evolved since the first fight, what was your level of excitement? Well, I, I love Dustin. Dustin's the man. He's a good dude. So I'm happy for him that he's, you know, he's going to get that spotlight. Um, it obviously could have went many ways. You know, uh, that fight was many years ago and he's obviously evolved. There's no doubt about it. So I feel good about that fight. That, you know, there's, I would I feel good about all these fights, you know, but it's just at what level. So I feel great about this and I also feel good about the, the Chandler Hooker fight, you know, that's exciting. I always like Dan Hooker fighting. He's a, he's a very exciting human being, and I just like those boys out there, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty excited. Do you feel like do you sense the buzz when it's a Connor fight that it's different? I sense it because everyone you know under the sun wants to talk about fighting. Like, you know, they ignore us for a few months, and then Connor fights, and everyone wants to talk to you. Do you feel a different buzz, or are you so hardcore that you like you'd be just as excited, I think, for Cater Holloway as a Connor fight, just because you're so hardcore? I, you know, I like I like undercard stuff too. Like, yeah. you, could, I, you could just fill me up with undercard stuff. I'm happy with that thing too. But when he shows up to the hotel shirtless in Versace pants. I mean, you know, like it, it's, it makes a statement. He's saying something. He creates the, he creates the situation. He makes it, a, he makes it a scene. So you have to respect that. Yeah. It's pretty unbelievable. Yeah. He, he knows how to create a show. He definitely knows how to make it, make it pop off. What do you think of the whole, uh, Habib announcement decision thing on Saturday? He's just stringing, you know, it's just tote dangling the carrot i mean if someone does something spectacular i believe he's a man of his word and he will definitely fight that fight no right uh i, I mean look, here's who the knows? thing here's the thing here's my take on it just realistically forget about the announcement right realistically ramadan is coming up in in april right yep. so he's not going to fight between now and april we know It'll that probably be end of the year for sure 
And then he's not going to fight during Ramadan and he's not going to fight right after Ramadan. So the soonest he comes back, if he does come back this year, is in the fall. And the last few years, he's fought in the fall, right? The Poirier fight was in September. The Conor yeah. fight before that was in October. This last fight against uh, Justin was in October. So I feel like we could just put him on ice till the fall. And Conor, Conor's going to fight someone between now and the fall if all goes to plan, right? Hopefully. Right. Hopefully. I mean, we thought that last year, but I, I believe it will happen. And so, like, the idea that the winner of this fight is fighting Khabib next is not actually true. I no. think the winner of this fight, especially if it's Connor, is fighting for maybe a vacant or interim title. I don't know if Connor will agree to interim. That could be a possibility, but it's not going to be against Khabib next. I don't even know if the Khabib fight happens until 2022, if not 2023. I agree. I agree. I think that that is just, it's a long shot at this point. I think that, they, that he should just, he shouldn't relinquish, but this should be that. I think it's just a reason not to vacate it, correct? Yeah. He's just giving him a reason not to just hold on to it. Just give him a little bit more time, see what happens. Give him, but the, the way things are shaping up, there's just it's, it's a lot of people that are you know that are gunning for him. You know, Charles Oliveira's coming. I thought that he was pretty spectacular in that Tony fight, and, and you know, let's see what let's see what shapes up. Connor's always in the mix. Dustin could pull something right out of the hat. You know, he's he's no joke, man. And Dan Hooker, you, you, you see these matchups that are here right now, and like, Tony is still in the mix, is he not? He still needs to be in the mix somewhat. I know that, you know, it's a skid. He's looking on the, on the downward, but he's still got to be in the mix somewhere. Tony versus Nate Diaz at 155 would be fun. Um, sign me up. <laughs> sign me up right now. Uh, action, thank you for doing this, my friend. It's the best to man. talk to you, and uh, very happy for you. And I will continue to like all your Instagram posts. You better thank you for the support. ESPN loves you. We love the support for ESPN Plus, and you always Much make love. Sure. I appreciate it as well. And hey, I, I know uh, tough times, you know, with the New York sports teams, but we'll be back, my friend. The Knicks are on the come up. The Sean Watson, he's coming to the Jets. Oh, please, They'll please, please. But for now, I'm saving you a spot on the Devontae um, Adams. Oh yeah. no, who's the guy from Ohio State? Uh, Justin Fields. No, the receiver uh, from oh. Alabama. Yeah, yeah, the receiver. yeah. Isn't it Devontae, Devontae Smith? I need him. Yeah, please. You know he's no Josh go Allen. Bills. But, uh, yeah, that's go right. Bills. <laughs> that's right. That's right. AFC right. East. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Action. Enjoy the fights tomorrow and Saturday. Let's Appreciate go. you doing this. Keep up the great work. You're the man. Take care. All right, there he is, Action Bronson, the one and only, the Renaissance man, the man who has been killing it on this uh, last few months. If you've been following him on uh, on social media, the guy is just on fire. I mean, look, you you want you want inspiration, you want a reason to get out of bed. Go look at what he's doing. Go look at him before March. Go look at him now. The guy's doing all kinds of stuff. Him and CC Sabathia, if you're a baseball fan, former Yankee uh, Indians pitcher, they're doing amazing things. All right. Um, in a few minutes, less than a few minutes, in a minute, I'm going to be joined by New York Rick, by TST, Helwani Knows Trivia Challenge Part 4 coming up. We got a lot. I don't even know what the questions are. I don't even know what they're about. We had uh, Andrew Davis of the ESPN Stats and Info team uh, whip up some questions for us. We'll also answer some of your questions. So we got a lot more to come, but first. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. And also, I want to let you know, UFC 257, this weekend, on ESPN Plus pay-per-view, McGregor, Poirier, two, rematch of a fight that happened when? UFC 178, back at uh, September in Las Vegas, September of uh, 2014. You can get it right now on ESPN Plus if you're here in America. And it is exclusively available to ESPN Plus subscribers for $69.99 or sign up now to get UFC 257 and an ESPN Plus annual plan for $89.99. Visit ESPNPlus.com slash PPV for more details. I like saying details and not details. I don't know why. It feels very official. All right. Without further ado, let us say hello to Mr. New York Rick. Let us say hello to Mr. TST. Uh, There he is, my old friend New York Rick. How are you, sir? I'm good, Ariel. How are you? And there he is, Mr. TSD himself, everyone's favorite minimalist. He's got his uh, Helwani Island hat. By the way, what about my background? How nice does this look, TST? It looks very tropical. Uh, I'm sure you're enjoying your time out there on Fight Island. Connor invited you after all. He did. I, I, I might be, you know, I might be here at the world famous W, you know, they made the little sign on the mirror for me. Uh, who knows? No one will ever know, TST. Um, and so you may recall last July we did this. What was the final score? Was I right about that? 14 to 2? I don't think it was quite that big, but you did win at a last second decision. I did. I would would say cheated. How did I cheat again? Because you got it wrong, passed it to me, and then all of a sudden you come back later with the answer and Troy allows this. This Fugazi scoring system that Troy has allowed. All right, so... uh, Lay out the rules for us here, Troy. What do we got? So here's what's going down. So we've got 12 questions, a 13th tiebreaker question if necessary. So what we're going to do is a we're just going to go back and forth, a point for every correct answer. Now, if you get the answer wrong, the opponent has the chance to steal the points, and then they will have their next turn to preserve the order. Uh, if you are unable to come up with an answer now, I'm not going to set a, a time limit on you, but if I get the sense that there's no activity going on in your <laughs> brain, uh, then I will make a judgment call and, and open it up to the opponent for the chance to steal the point. So that's how this is going to go. Okay. All right. Um, I'm down. Uh, I do need a quick second. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Oh boy. Not this again. I got a new one for you guys. <laughs> the Helwani Knows Trivia Challenge means the arrival of El Nariz. And I got a new one for you guys straight from Mexico City. Here it is. Oh, wow. Look at this. That one. one's nice. Yeah, this is old school. Look at this. You got, I mean, this is official right Real here. Real ties in the back. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Eat your heart out. Meal I can't even see his Masaka. eyes to see how scared yes. he is. <laughs> All right. I'm ready to go. I am revved and who knows what I'm talking about when I say revved and ready to go. Does anyone here know what I'm talking about? No, nope. come on. Somebody's got to be a, someone tweet me. If you know what I'm talking about when I say revved and ready to go, this is a D I'm surprised New York Rick doesn't know TST just started watching MMA like six minutes ago. 
New York, Greg, I mean, you spend all your time on Reddit on those forums. This yeah, is it's, deep, it's, it's a deep There's cut. something in there, but I, I don't know it. Yeah, like it's, it's rattling something around in there. All right. Well, you tweet me at Ariel Hawani and uh, I'll show you the love if you get it right. Okay. I'm ready. All right. So I think Eric should go first here. Why? What do you mean Eric should go first? Based on what? Let's do rock, paper, scissors. Rock, paper, scissors. Shoot. Ah, You always go with the double. Damn it. Always go with the double. Eric, first question comes to you. What was the last UFC pay-per-view event to have a specialized title, for example? Oh. UFC 65 was bad intentions. Yes, yes, yes. What was the last one? Oh, Oh God, Ariel's definitely going to know this. No, this is a tough um, one. Yeah. He loved all these titles. I did love um, all the titles. He loved all these titles and I couldn't care less. Um, heavy artillery, which I know was one. I don't know if it's. The wait, wait, one, wait. I, 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 I will, yeah, you wouldn't know. I think heavy artillery was, was it 76? I don't know, but it wasn't heavy. I artillery. wouldn't know. Okay. Tough Eric one. is wrong. It is not heavy artillery. Ariel, you have a chance to, for an early steal. So the first one that came to mind was UFC 125 Resolution because it was on January 1st. Who headlined that one? Anyone? Anyone? Frankie Edgar, Gray Maynard 2. Of course. That was the one where Anthony Pettis was sitting cage side as the WC champ. Hey, you can't Google this. What are you doing over there? See you. Talking to me? Yes, I'm talking to you. Who else am I talking to? Oh, you think me glancing over there was me Googling? (laughs) So that's the I've got last... the great Dan Riccio texting me. Oh, is he is he texting me? No, he's not. What the heck? Listen, um, that's the last is one he I can right or what? It, it, UFC. I'll go with one twenty five resolution. That is correct. UFC one twenty five resolution. So oh my god, that is amazing. Early steal uh, for Hawaii. I mean, Number two. Comes... I happened to just be looking at it. That was Dustin Poirier's uh, UFC debut against Josh Crispy. To tie it to this card. Look That's at that! Right. A little, a little extra tidbit for everybody out there. Yeah, he was supposed to fight Jose Aldo. Did you Chris just say was, that? That is. Yeah, yeah. No, I did. I didn't. Yeah, he was supposed to fight Jose Aldo, and, and Poirier replaced Aldo, who got hurt. Yep. Remember UFC 123, Auburn Hills, Michigan. They did the ceremony for uh, for Aldo. You went. That's right. You. Went. I was there as a fan. Machida versus Rampage. The BJ Penn versus Matt Hughes. Love it. Who'd have thought? Debut you... of Edson Barboza. Yes, that's right. Against. Matt Lulo. No, Mike, Mike Lulo. Mike, Mike Lulo. New York Rick, sitting, sitting in the nosebleeds. Fast forward 10 years, he's pretty much running ESPN MMA Social with, of course, the great Tessa Hirsch. What a, what a come I mean, you talk about a Shut come up. up. That's a come up. Okay, here we go. All right. 1-0 Hawani question to you, Ariel. Las Vegas has hosted the most UFC events with 145. Which U.S. city has hosted the most events after Las Vegas? And by the way, it's El Nariz, just for the record. Sure. Um, okay, that's a really good question. So the first one that came to mind, which U.S. city, right? And what, what, what was the number you said? Las Vegas had 145. Yeah, and what was, did you say the number for the second most? No. Oh, okay. Would you like me to? I have that number, Curtis. Sure, sure, sure. No, 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 no. Why? We don't, we don't give extra info all of a sudden here. Okay. Well, I feel like that's part of the question. I will withhold my information. Okay, um... There's one that's coming to mind, but I feel like it's not right. You know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna go with it. I'm. This is gonna shock you right now. Atlantic City. You're locking that in. Yes. That is correct. Atlantic yes. <laughs> for, for no points, but for bragging rights. How many events? 
Okay. I believe it's 11 or 12. It's either between 11 and 13. Uh, not. Okay. All right. All right. For for the record, I was also thinking Atlantic City. It, it was between Atlantic City and Anaheim. But in the early days, yeah. uh, thanks to Donald Trump, they held a lot of events in Atlantic City. Anaheim is not a yeah. city I would have guessed. Anyway, uh, Ariel's up 2-0. That's a West Coast thing. 2-0, number three to New York Rick. Who is the first Ultimate Fighter contestant to defeat a fighter who served as a head coach at the time of their fight? <laughs> first of all, I have to unpack this whole question because I don't know what it's asking. Okay. Ultimate Fighter contestant to beat somebody who was a head coach on their season of the Ultimate Fighter? Who was the first Ultimate Fighter contestant to defeat yep. a fighter who served as a head coach at the time of their fight. The, the phrasing on this is very weird. So, Ariel, how do you interpret this? That they were a, a, a coach? Say it one more on time. Golf? One more time. Who is the first Ultimate first. Fighter contestant yes. to be a fighter yes. who served as a head coach at the time of their fight? What? Okay, so the way I'm interpreting this is... Yes. This is Eric's question. Okay, well, no, he's, okay, fine. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. All right. Wow. Leave me on an island here. I mean, Troy, you're doing you're doing me no favors with this. Um, I can't imagine it's asking that they were also a head coach and a fighter. Like, I, I don't know if we're diving that deep into it, that like they were running practices and things like that. So I'm going to guess that it's asking about they were a f- they were one of the coaches on tough. And so. Uh, oh, I got it. It would have to be it. a season. Where have to be a season where they were like similar weights. Um, jeez. All right, I think time's up. I, I have no idea. Chance for Steel Hawani. What say you? Matt Sarah GSP. Wrong. Hmm. Uh, the answer is Keith Jardine. Chuck Liddell. Chuck over Chuck Liddell. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's UFC 76. That's the one that I was was talking about. Um, so yeah, was, no points awarded there on number ugh. four. Ariel still up, two up. I think we could use a little tweaking on the phrasing there. Yeah, that was a bit of a weird Pass a one. note bro. to Andrew Davis. Yeah, Andrew, come on, bro. Uh, number four, before the Strike Force Nashville brawl took place in 2010, who were the two fighters competing in the main event? Oh, uh, Jake Shields and Dan Henderson. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Uh, of course, Nate jumped into the cage. The famous Gus Johnson quote: "These things happen in MMA." That's the question. I get. Funny story okay. about that. I informed Scott Coker that the brawl happened. For some reason, he was sitting at the press conference, just waiting for the media. Like, who's there before the media? He's sitting at the dais. I'm like, "Hey, Scott, did you see what happened?" He's like, "No, what happened?" So like, there was a post-fight brawl on CBS, Scott. And he's like, "Oh, let me look into it. I'll never forget that." Number five. I'll circle back with you, I'm sure, was, yeah, was the yeah. response. We'll, we'll circle back later. I have confidence in you on this one, New York Rick. Number five. Great. I'm sure it's a six-part. <laughs> I'm not going to know any of these names. These three fights all ended in the same method. Carlos Newton versus Pat Militich, Chris Lytle versus Tiki Gosen, and Uri Faber versus Francisco Rivera. They all ended in this manner. Um, are those no contests? Are you asking me, is 
Is that your answer? You're saying they're that's my answer. What is a no contest Jeopardy style? Uh, that is incorrect. Ooh. I want another opportunity for you to blow this thing wide open. Can you repeat the question, please? All right. So these three fights all ended in the same method. Carlos Newton versus Pat Miletic, Chris Lytle versus Tiki Gozen, and Uriah Faber versus Francisco Rivera. How did the fight end? They all ended the same way. And New York Rick said no contest? That yeah. is what I said. And that is not the answer. No dis... Well, the Rivera one, he got poked in the eye. No decision? Is that your answer? Oh, or is it DQ? DQ, DQ, DQ. Incorrect. Uh, bulldog choke. Oh, the... How these the fr- Francisco did. Rivera was bulldog choke. Apparently, according to... Yeah, I thought I that was the, the fight Newton. that he got, he got the no contest. I know Francisco had one on there. Um, look at us. Yeah. All right. Number six for Ariel. <laughs> Ariel's up. Three zero. Eric has some work. Yeah. Number six. Anderson Silva was the headliner for a UFC record twenty-one events. What was the first event that Silva fought on that he wasn't the main event? Oh, uh, it was it. You, I mean, you. It was a UFC fight night against Chris Levin. Um. I mean, is it like I'd have to say like UFC Fight Night Two? It was something like that. It was something like something in the two to five range against Chris Lieben, and he did the little dance. So that's your that's your answer. The the two to five range, two to six. Uh, either way, incorrect. What? All right. So Eric, let me Can let me I- the question for you. Yes, please. Anderson Silva was the headliner for a UFC record twenty one events. What was the first event Silva fought on that he was not the main event? So are you, did I get, did I get, did I get tripped up there? I guess he was the headliner against Lieben, huh? In the very first fight. I would have, I would have guessed the same thing. So this is like, oh, interesting. This has to be now post. Yeah. First event Silva fought on, he was not the main event. Oh, is it UFC 101 that was headlined by BJ Penn? Yes. That is my answer. I'll give it to you. Mm. It is UFC 101, but it says it was headlined by Declaration versus Forrest Griffin. No, 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 no. no he, that's the name right. of the event. <laughs> oh, okay. that, that's uh, who he fought, but it was headlined by BJ wait. Penn. Another one that I was there. Yes. Wait a second. Did TST think that? There was a guy named Declaration who fought (laughs) (laughs) his win over Declaration was tremendous. Just just win an all timer. Um, Wow, that was one that happened. That's a good one in my wheelhouse, didn't it? That's a good one. That's a good one. So New York Rick gets a steal. So three one, but back to Rick. For what it's worth, Elwani, I would have guessed. I didn't think he headlined against Lieben either. Yeah. All right, so a name to watch on UFC 57 this weekend, Michael Chandler. Michael sure. Chandler will become the ninth former Bellator champion to make his UFC debut. Can you name the five former Bellator champions who won their UFC debut? So I'm going to get this wrong. And in the interest of disclosure, I asked about this question to Andrew Davis, and I'm still going to get it wrong. Um. <laughs> So that's that's embarrassing for you, but um, yeah, I almost like. Am I doing a disservice to the game to not letting Helwani try a, a crack at it? You How just, do we feel about that? 
Say the say the question. Michael Chandler will become the ninth former Bellator champion to make his UFC debut. Can you name the five former Bellator champions who won the UFC debut? Can we do this? Can we each get half credit if we combine for this one? Hmm. Five who won their UFC debut. Wow. I asked Andrew Davis about this. No, go ahead, bro. It's all you. It's it's your question. I'm going to get it wrong. This this is a huge opportunity for you to get some. Okay. 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 Um, Who won their UFC debut? Uh, Ben Askren is one. Um, I believe Will Brooks is one. Yep. Um, I'm going to say did Lombard win or lose? Now I forgot that one. I'm going to circle back to that one. Um, I'm going to say Lyman Good won. So that's my third one. I'll say Hector Lombard won. Incorrect. There you go. I won't help Helwani anymore, but he's got three. Yes, you got you got three, Helwani. If you can complete it, you get you get a full point. Lyman Good was the one uh, that I wanted to say. Not Eddie Alvarez. He lost to Donald Cerrone at UFC 178. That's probably why. Or did he beat Donald Cerrone? Now I'm thinking. No, he he lost Eddie. He lost to Donald Cerrone, right? Yeah. Um, because I was thinking he's playing a trick. Uh, Will Brooks, you said, uh, guys, it's not good. Will Brooks, Ben Asker, two more. Yeah. Um, it's been a while since a Bellator champ has gone over, right? Um, I've heard of one person, haven't heard of the other person. If that helps, you. <laughs> uh, no, I don't, I don't have it. Uh, Alexander Volkov. Mm. And Zach that's the one we probably should have got. Zach back in the day. Wow, that's that's old school. Yeah, so, tough one. Uh, nothing for anybody there. Yeah. All right. So three one. Question to Ariel. When Dustin Poirier won the interim UFC lightweight championship, what number fight was that for him in the UFC? Oh my. Uh... He beat Max Holloway in Atlanta. It, it was in the twenties. That's a tough. I mean, I'm just guessing. I'll, I'll say 22, 23, 22, 23, 23. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Incorrect. Eric, big chance here. Let's throw a dart at a board. Those are tough. Um, I don't think it was quite as high as 20, but it might've been like on the cusp. It might've been like 19 or 20. Uh, let's go. How about price is right? Can I say one and get this correct? Uh, no. Uh, how I'm going to say 19. I'm going to say 19. 19 is my answer. Incorrect. 22. Oh, <laughs> damn it. Dustin. He was close. He was close. All right, so uh, whose turn is it? I lost count. Mine. All right, so Eric's turn. Left? Eric's turn, 3-1. How many left? Uh, so we're on number nine, and so we have 12 questions. So, I mean, he's got he's – got, he, if he wants to win, he's got to get all these right. You got time. Number nine, which fighter landed the most significant strikes in a three-round fight in 2011? 
what like what what was the which who was the fighter? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really? I mean, really? I thought he was going to say last year, twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. I'm going to remember who landed the most strikes that year. I mean, come on, people. Um, okay, twenty eleven. Let's think about what happened in the UFC that year. <laughs> Um, I was in based on the grade. based on the time frame. I'm just gonna say Frankie Edgar. Final answer. Final answer. That is incorrect. I mean, I'd like to think there's a theme here. So just for kicks, I'll say Dustin Poirier. Incorrect. Oh God. The answer. I, th- I think maybe you guys will kick yourselves. It's Nate Diaz. Mm. Okay, it's Gray Maynard. It's Nate Diaz, 238 significant strikes, three-round fight against Donald Cerrone. Uh, UFC 1-4. I mean, it makes sense. It's just completely random. I mean, just come on. Why 2011, pull. by the way? Like, what is that? Just an impossible pull. Great, it's a great year. Uh, number 10, back to Helwani, who has a 3-1 lead. Who okay. are the only three fighters in UFC history to lose title fights in consecutive bouts across different divisions? Oh, Frankie Edgar. Yep. Lose title bouts in consecutive bouts across uh, Dan Henderson. Yep. Lose title bouts in consecutive bouts across different divisions. Oh, who's the other one? Frankie Edgar, Dan Henderson. Oh, I hope you don't get it. And I hope Eric does so badly. Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Different divisions. Wait, it's so obvious. Um, oh, this is going to kill me. 10 seconds. No, come on. <laughs> uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. You know it, Eric? You think you know it? No, I have a shot in the dark, but I don't know it. Wait a second. Wait a second. Consecutive bouts in different divisions. So I said Dan Henderson against Anderson Silva. I said Frankie against Aldo and Bendo. And then... Oh, oh, is it Yoani on Jacek? Final answer. Yes. Incorrect. Dang it. New York Rick, big chance for you. So I will repeat the question. Who are the only three fighters in UFC history to lose title fights in consecutive bouts across different divisions? We've got Frankie Edgar and Dan Henderson. There's one more. Chael Sonnen. Is that your final answer? Uh, that is course. correct. It of is correct. Oh man. Oh, oh DC can't wait to tell DC that one. Yeah. Man. Oh yeah. Okay. I, at first, I was thinking, did Uriah favor just because of the the number? Um, but yeah, Chelsea. Oh, well, things are very interesting now as Ariel has a three-two lead. We're going to question eleven. Going to New York, right? Chance for the tie. Number oh, eleven. Yeah, this is an epic. This is Michael Chiesa level of. Uh, of Out of the- you should have had that one. I will. I will give you that. Yeah. Should have had it. Out of the Scandinavian countries, which one has the winningest fighter in UFC history? So you've only got a couple options here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I don't, I'm not giving oh, you the options. Oh, you oh, out, of, out of these Scandinavian countries. I thought you said these Scandinavian countries. I thought you were going to give me a list of countries. Okay. Um, so you know your Scandinavian countries. And- yeah, 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 yeah. Um, this is too easy. 
I mean, is it the obvious one? I feel like yes, but now I feel like it's a trick. What's the obvious one? Well, no, if I say it, then it... See the way my nose is sticking out here? It's like really... I feel like these masks aren't for noses like mine. Anyway, go ahead. Out of the Scandinavian country, countries, which yeah. is the winningest fighter in the UFC? Just, you're overthinking this. So easy. Yeah. Are you tricking me? No. Uh, you, you know the answer. Just go. Come on. You know it. Go with your gut. Five, four, three, two. Gustafsson. What country? What country is he from? Yeah. You have to name the country. Wait, what? You have to name the country. That's that's what that's what the question asks. Which country has the winningest fighter? <laughs> you don't know where Gustafson is from? Um, no, I do, but I thought the question was who is the winningest fighter? No, that's just you know the sprinkle on top of it. Um, I'm choking right now. Hold on. <laughs> what? Are you serious? You name the country. Are you serious? <laughs> Wait, can I steal this? Are you no, no, me? no, no. Yo, get, put the clock. Where's the clock? 15 seconds. 10, 9, 8, 7. Sweden. This, what? Of course. What, what, was that a work right there? No, it, it wasn't a work. I was like, I was like, I know this is obvious, but I didn't want to botch it. Oh it's like when you have to, you're at the end of the spelling bee, but that's my answer. You mean your final answer? Yes. That is incorrect. What? It is not Alexander Gustafson. I had a feeling that was the, the hangout. Oh. Mm, interesting here. Okay. Can I ask something? It was it was winning as fighter like in the UFC, meaning like they won the most UFC fights. That is my assumption. Okay. 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 I that's what I would have gone with. Sorry, but I just wanted to wait. Swedish? So so the Scandinavian countries are Sweden, uh Finland. No, it's not Sweden, so. What? So you know it isn't Sweden. Yeah, Sweden, Finland, and uh, and Norway, right? I don't know. Oh, come on. You do know. Listen, I I am intimately familiar with Scandinavia. I know the countries, but that's up to you. Denmark? Is Denmark part of Scandinavia? No, it's not. So Finland? Is it Makwan Amirkhani? No. Uh, Norway? What? This is crazy. 15 seconds. You know who it is, Eric? I'm no. I mean, you I said I was thinking it's. It had to be. Just have to name, a country. Like, go with name a country. So I got nothing. I just have to name a country. Yeah, I mean, it's basically multiple choice. <laughs> I mean, it's such a <laughs> has been eliminated. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Norway. Incorrect. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Denmark is a part of Scandinavia, and oh. it's Martin Campman with eleven wins. Oh, good for Martin Campman. Good for him. Yeah, that's bad. Wait, he would so have been four, up there. There's four countries part of Scandinavia. Why do I always say Sweden, Norway, Denmark, Finland? I was thinking, and then I mean, Iceland's part of the Nordic, I guess. Uh, all right, so number 12 is Ariel's question. Don't Three, choke, Ariel. Ariel. Ariel gets it right, he wins. Ariel gets it wrong. New York Rick has a chance to take it to a tiebreaker. Uh, don't, don't choke, don't big, choke. Big stakes, you know. Ariel Buffalo Bills under pressure. Let's see how they perform. Oh, stop it. Number 12. Conor McGregor has four knockouts in under two minutes, including his UFC 178 win over Dustin Poirier, 
which ranks him tied for fourth most in UFC history. Which two fighters share the record for most knockout wins in under two minutes with seven? Ugh. <laughs> I hate these questions. I'm a history buff. I'm not a record buff. I'm not a stats guy. Okay. Which two fighters? Which two fighters share the record for most knockout wins in under two minutes? I mean, come on. Yes. One of them. They both have seven. Francis Ngannou. Yes, that's one. Yeah. Duh. Rumble Johnson? That's your final answer. Well, let me see. Connor had Brimage. Um, Brandau wasn't. Poirier, number two. Did you say Connor has four? You said? You said Connor has four, yeah. Oh, okay. So it wouldn't be Connor's Connor. Connor's four knockouts under two minutes. Yeah. Um, Francis Ngannou and Junior Dos Santos. That's your final answer. Yes. Incorrect. Which two fighters, Eric, share the record most knockout oh, God. minutes with seven? This is to tie the game and take it to the Hawaii Nose tiebreaker. We have Francis Ngannou. There's one name out there. This is heartbreaking. I'm going to say Vitor Belfort. That's your final answer. That is my final answer. That is correct. Eric, New York Rick himself with the steal. It is three to three. We go to the tiebreaker question. Ugh. All right. How, how do we, I guess. I didn't the tiebreaker question should be, you just throw it out and whoever gets it first. No, 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 no. What? It has to be that. Throw it out. Whoever gets it first goes. Don't say it first. Just say, I got it. And yeah, then, how, yeah. How do we like yeah, ring like, it? A, a, like a ding, ding, ding. It's, it's got to be, okay, I okay, got okay, it. Okay. Like, don't yell out an answer. Say like, all right, ding, I got it. Wait. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right. This is for all the marbles. Okay, let's go. This better not be one of these stupid, like, you know, who got the fastest knockout in 2003, okay? Andrew Davis. I mean, you, you have to give credit for the clutch that I just pulled. That was good. It was good. Question number 13. Chime in, whoever thinks they have the answer. Dan Hooker is one of three lightweights in UFC history to win two fights by knockout via knee strike. Who were those two opponents? Ding, 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 ding. New York Ray. This is, you better, no, you can't say ding, ding and not have Why it. Why not? You can't reserve. I know, I know one of them right off the bat. Okay, I say know it. one of them right off say the it. bat. Ross Pearson. Ross Pearson. That's correct. So I know one of them right off the bat. Now I'm kind of playing the odds. Now I'm kind I'll of gambling. You, I'll give you 30 seconds. Oh, come can, on. You, can you repeat the question? Yes, I will start after. Oh, now you're just trying to buy time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is one repeat. of three lightweights in UFC history to win two fights by knockout via knee strike. Who were those two opponents? 30 seconds, starting now. Ross Pearson. And it had to be after that, right? 15. It had to be a fight after that one. 10. 5. What do you mean by that? I don't know. I, I lost it. I blew it. Ariel, 30 seconds to you. Say, can you say the, the question again? Fine time. Dan Hooker is one of three lightweights in UFC history to win two fights by knockout via knee strike. Who were those two opponents? Ross Pearson is one of them. Who is is the- that Google in the reflection on his... Uh, oh. 
No, but wait, 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 what's a knee strike? What do you mean by knee strike? I want a definition. A knee, like he finished it with a knee. Finish he need them, and they got knocked out. He got knocked out, like like flying oh, knee. Oh wow! This oh. googling is taking too long, Ariel. Speed it up, please. Wait, wait, I can see your hands moving. Fifteen How seconds. Can, how can I Google this? I I wouldn't even know what to Google. Okay, there's two names that are coming to mind right now. Oh wait, there's oh, two names. The Slack message. What is wow, this? We hear his Slack going off. <laughs> Tremendous. He got caught. Answer. Jim Miller. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna give him another Fugazi win, Troy. I love it. Just, oh, just man. absolutely. I don't, I don't like this. I don't like this. I sent two, out of play. two in a row. Two in a row. What are you talking about? I'm I'm a working man. People slack me. <laughs> What an ending! Just, just blatant cheating. You hear the slack. You hear the slack. Hey, hey. Amelie, Amelie, uh, Amelie, Amelie, uh, Amelie, Amelie. Oh, oh, I feel so dirty. I feel so dirty. Where's DC at? Show them the. I don't. Not only do I not get the half credit for knowing Pearson, he now wins on the back of getting it from somebody else. Well, I had a, a I had a fourteenth question uh, in my head. You had to name my favorite fighters, but it doesn't look like we're uh, we're going to get to that point. Okay, uh, yeah, well, uh, that was a great beatdown. We're a little bit over time, so let's run through these uh, Q and A's before we get out of here. And again, thanks yeah. for joining us. Thank you, DraftKings. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, and thank you to our good friends over at Body Armor who are joining us as well tonight. But let's uh, let's get some questions here and. And uh, and put this baby to bed. What do you got, TST? Okay. Um, here's my. Let me hold on. Let me get up my my document. Okay. So the first question comes from Ross in Boca Raton. Are we in the golden age of the UFC? Why or why not? <laughs> but can I just just I just I I, I just I don't I want to be transparent. I did tweet three question marks to try to solicit fans. No one, uh, no one responded. With I couldn't see anything through my mask. But now everyone thinks there's like some big breaking news. So I'm going to delete that tweet. I just want to let you guys know. She's done the eye emoji. Yeah. Yeah. I just it's, it's the best I could do in the moment. Um, listen, uh, this is a great time. 2020 was a huge year. A lot of guys stepped up. It depends. Like Connor, I, I still feel. 2016 was the best year. We had uh, five pay-per-views, excuse me, over a million buys. You had Connor fighting three times, the two DS fights and Eddie Alvarez. You had the MSG debut. You had uh, UFC 200. You had Ronda Rousey. So 2016 to me is... Uh, is, is still, Ariel, the game's over. Stop cheating. It's still the, no, <laughs> the game's I, over. Anyway, all right. So not quite 2016, but we're in a good spot. Okay, next question. Troy, Troy, can I ask one? Let me yeah. let me ask a question because I feel like this one's very important. Amit Ma, Ma Bubani from New York asks, Ariel, if Chael and DC fought each other today oh. at light heavyweight, who would you corner in the fight? Oh. The most important <laughs> question of all time. Listen. Uh, Be careful. Famously, a long time ago, Greg Jackson sat home when John Jones and Rashad Evans fought. I would sit home. I would not participate. I couldn't. I would. I would never. I would never choose between my two friends. This is where we cut this together and then play back the trivia where he didn't know the answer was Chael. Boo! So I, by the way, I knew the answer was Chael. I just didn't want to talk about the fact that he lost two title fights in a row. Right? I didn't feel like. Uh, Fair. Yeah. Good. 
I'll buy that. All right. So the next question comes from E-Frame in Bakersfield. Uh, Ariel, why do you bring up strange holidays with DC? What was the origin of that? Uh, at the beginning of the the DC and Hawani run, there there just so happened to be like a lot of holidays for some reason. Victoria Day, that's a big Canadian holiday, the week before Memorial Day, and <laughs> he he got such a kick out of it that I genuinely enjoy his reaction to you know these you know Buya Bay's Day. Yesterday, by the way, was a National Winnie the Pooh Day. Um, and I didn't mention it. I wanted to give all the, the spotlight to Dr. Martin Luther King, but uh, there were, it was also National Peking Duck Day. Um, so I just, I, I A, enjoy sharing the knowledge with the audience, but I also honestly enjoy his reaction to how, there was one, the, the short girl appreciation day, his reaction to that was just amazing. I mean, so yeah, that's it. And by the way, I've noticed a lot of ESPN shows copying this little gimmick, and uh, I'm not upset. I just, you know, it would be nice to get some sort of recognition. Okay. Uh, all right. So the next question comes from Brad in Ottawa. Uh, Ariel, what is a professional goal of yours for 2021? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, professional goal. Uh, it would be nice to go to events again and, and be with the fans and have everyone back in the arena. Um, it would be, uh, it would be great, you know, obviously not at this one. So it'd be great to go back. Uh, would love to continue doing the NBA stuff. Uh, would love to continue growing uh, DC and Hawani, maybe daily show. Uh, I feel like we could do that and talk about other things, not just MMA, of course, MMA being the foundation, but other things as well. And uh, continue to be the home of all things mixed martial arts over at ESPN and M MMA. I'm very proud of uh, the the team, the production team, podcast.com. We got the World MMA Award for the first time for the best outlet, uh, social, of course. So uh, I feel like we're very well-rounded and uh, I'm very excited to see where we go in 2021. Love it. How, about, how about that diplomatic answer, huh? <laughs> uh well speaking of that jack in toronto wants to know does conor mcgregor call out habib in his post fight if he wins no i don't think he does uh, new york Rick, tell me if you uh, disagree i think he says like he told me before uh, last week he said the opponent doesn't matter i think he enjoys needling him he doesn't want to seem like he is chasing him he feels like he's the champ by the way brought up a great point you know Technically, according to the unified rules, the belt was never wrapped. Right. <laughs> it was very the belt was the belt was never physically wrapped around Habib. Therefore, the person who was not the champion remains the champion. Is, exactly. is, the, is the logic on that one? Um, I agree with you. I mean, he had the opportunity last year. He said, "You mouthy fools." I think we'll get a variation of that again this year. You know, anybody can get it uh, from Conor McGregor if he wins. Dustin Poirier may have a different idea if he wins when he gets on the mic he may want habib interesting we'll see uh next question comes from arthur in Strasbourg. this is a really good question he wishes you a happy customer service day ariel <laughs> if kevin holland beats Derek brunson who do you have kevin holland fight next Ooh. Kevin Holland beats Derek Brunson. I mean, it, it looks like Darren Till and Marvin Vittoria are sort of circling each other. Of course, Izzy going up to 205 in uh, in March, March 6th. <sighs> Depends on when Darren Till is coming back. I, I don't hate that idea, by the way. 
the winners of those two fights facing off. Now, just to be clear, I don't, I don't, I don't know of any booking between uh, Till and Vittori, but they do seem to be sort of flirting with each other at the moment. Uh, my good friend Marvin Vittori, ciao ragazzo. Um, As do Whitaker and uh, Paulo Costa, right? It seems yeah. like they're kind of kind of on a collision course as well. So one of the, I, I guess the winner of one of those two fights. Okay, cool. Uh, two more questions. The next one comes from RJ in Holland, Michigan. Hey, Ariel, if you had to introduce someone to MMA and show three fights to this person, what would it be? Oh, wow. Um, John Jones, Alexander Gustafson won. Uh, Dan Henderson, Shogun Hua won. And man, tough. Uh, the first one that came to mind was George St. Pierre versus Matt Hughes, uh, number two, but that's like a personal favorite. Joanna <laughs> versus Zhang Wei Li. Yeah, that's, yeah, I, I agree with that. That's what I would do. That's my favorite fight in my short fandom. I mean, you just started watching. Any, any Frankie Edgar versus Gray Maynard is always a good option, especially. I believe the second one. Second one's the iconic one. Connor Connor Nate too was phenomenal. Yeah, there's a lot. I like Uh, those choices though. Holly Holm, Misha Tate, tremendous. Okay. Uh, The final question comes from Ian in Columbus. Where does Kevin Lee fit into all of this? Uh, that's a great question. And, you know, I couldn't help but think on Saturday night, you know, after Max's performance, just how good is Conor McGregor? Um, Kevin Lee, I think, fits prominently. <laughs> I mean, it actually is a great question because it's a lightweight division. Uh, <laughs> he He's coming off of two ACL surgeries, so we'll see what happens. But no, I'd like to see Kevin get a big fight. Uh, maybe a Tony rematch. You know, he lost to him. Tony needs a fight to get back on track. Kevin needs a big fight. Uh, the fight that I want to see, I will be disappointed if we never see Kevin versus Islam Makhachev. I want to see that fight. If we're not going to get Kevin Lee versus Habib, give me Kevin Lee versus Islam Makhachev. Okay. All right. Thank you, TST. Thank you, New York Rick. It was a pleasure beating you once again. Uh, fair and square, and I don't appreciate any insinuation that I did otherwise. It has been another great show, another great virtual VVVVVIP edition of the Hawaii show. Again, I want to remind you that tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, there's a UFC event beginning at 9 a.m., headlined by Michael Chiesa versus Neil Magny. A packed card, 14 fights on this card, uh, the main card at 12 p.m. Eastern. I also want to tell everyone who's out there, uh, special DC and Helwani on ESPN radio Wednesday night. So in about 25 hours from now, 9 to 11 PM tomorrow night. I mean, who's covering this card better than us here at ESPN, DC and Helwani DC from Abu Dhabi. Helwani, of course, from this uh, makeshift studio, uh, we'll be with you for two hours, taking your calls. So if you want to call in and talk to us, this is your chance. We're going old school with that. Um, we got the weigh-in show on Friday. We got the press conference on Thursday, another Helwani show radio show, seven to 10, uh, amidst a ton of other coverage. We had the full screen and everything on Monday. So check that out. I'll tweet it out as well. But again, I want to thank everyone who signed up. Thank you to DraftKings. Uh, thanks to body armor for checking us 
helps out as well. Thanks to all of you. Thanks to Action Bronson. Uh, thanks to uh, Elizabeth and Tessa on the uh, the podcast side for making this happen. Louise as well. Thank you to uh, everyone at ESPN who continues to support us. And I hope you check out UFC 257 this Saturday on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. Again, ESPNplus.com slash PPV is where you can get it. There it is, beginning at 10 p.m. Eastern. McGregor, Poirier 2. Woo, baby. We got a couple more days to talk about it. For now, I'm out of time. Back tomorrow, same time and uh, different place, but you get the point. Until then, I say peace. I'm out of here. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, so that was a lot of fun. Obviously, it was 100% on the up and up. I deserved that victory. Well-earned, well-deserved, hard-fought victory. Thank you to everyone who signed up once again. Love doing that. Now, let us transition to what has become... Another kind of tradition, as you know, before every Conor McGregor fight, I like to talk to John Kavanaugh, his longtime head coach. Great insight. He's always shown up, except for once, prior to the Khabib fight, and we know how that turned out. So it was great to catch up with him once again, and now a little bit different. He's a father. First time he's going into one of these fights as a dad. He had his first child uh, just about six or so months ago. But as you know, John Kavanaugh, one of the smartest minds in the game, and he provides a window into the preparation and to where, uh, you know, Connor is at right now and just everything that we want to know going into this fight. So without further ado, here's my conversation with the headman over at SPG Ireland, John Kavanaugh. Obviously, no one could have predicted the pandemic, but I remember seeing you guys in the locker room January 18th. He had just defeated Donald Cerrone 40 seconds. It was, you know, obviously spectacular. If I would have told you... Pandemic stuff aside, if I would have told you Connor ends up fighting once in 2020, given his mindset, given the plans, would you have believed me? Because I know some people rolled their eyes. Oh, yeah, he's going to fight three times. He hasn't fought three times since 2016. But it felt at least to me like you guys truly believed you would get at least three fights in last year. Yeah, I definitely I definitely would have thought you were crazy if you said once in that length of time. Um so it's yeah, it's a terrible shame, but of course, there's people going through much much tougher things than um, you know someone not being able to do a sport. So, but it's just it's it's sad, you know. It, an athlete's career is finite; it, it doesn't go on forever. And to lose a year of, of his peak condition, which he is, I feel only really entering now because he was always incredibly skillful. But now the other areas are catching up or have caught up in terms of conditioning and in, in maturity and so on. So we're in for, we're in for a good couple of years and um, we're, let's, let's look forward to them rather than regretting looking back. For you though, if I could just ask, knowing the kind of place that he was in, knowing the kind of shape that he was in, once the sport came back, I'm talking summer, spring, fall, was it frustrating, you know, for you 
to see those months go by and him not get a fight because it seemed like he was almost like a caged animal ready to go and willing to fight anyone and yet nothing was materializing and and obviously they pushed it to january was that frustrating as someone who has seen him go through the ups and downs knowing the spot that he was in to see those those months kind of get wasted what was that like yeah, it was very tough, you know. Um, we were apart for quite a bit, you know, with the gym being closed. So it was mostly just texting and it would, you know, the text would start getting a little bit intense. Uh, looks like we have this date and it could be this guy, it could be that guy and it's it's building and then it's gone away. And then on the other side of it, I'm, I'm barely a year into a big new gym that I've just built and I'm juggling bills and, and you know, you're not collecting fees from members and, it's there was a lot of pressure of a new new baby in the house and we're recently in a in, in a new home and you're, you're you're trying to figure out how are you going to make all this work so you, you have a lot of heads going on so yes of course i was um frustrated at him losing these weeks months and as it turned out a year but there was also a lot of luck going on in my own life at the time so you're you're weighing up what to worry about more you know mm. Once you were finally told that Dustin Poirier was going to be the guy in January, January 23rd to be exact, and it wasn't, you know, a Gaethje who we spoke about, uh, a Diaz trilogy, a title fight. It's a rematch of a fight that he won very convincingly back in 2014. What did you think? Oh, I was just delighted that, I, you, you know, with Dustin for sure, he's signing to that line and he's showing up. And I remember the very first Twitter exchange, which was probably November maybe mm-hmm. um it was a fair bit back where it was Connor had suddenly had this crazy idea as he does about hiring out the tree arena just for him and one person <laughs> to show up and do a spar um which I was just you know what can you do except except laugh at that um but when Dustin replied and then they started having a bit of a back and forth I thought to myself that's dumb we're fighting Dustin in, in a couple you know I don't know how I don't know where I don't know the exact circumstances, but I, but I was really confident that made it done. And then, of course, I followed, um, as we all have, Dustin's path since his since that loss quite a few years ago. And he's looked um, great. He's looked really good um, at lightweight in, in his fights. So it's very motivating. It's very exciting. It's very interesting. I think it's a great storyline to see where they are now. Again, going from that kind of mid-20s and whatever else you have going on in your life to early thirties becoming fathers and, you know, grown-ups, if you will. Um, but there's a lot to look forward to in that fight. Who has improved more since 2014, Conor McGregor or Dustin Poirier? Conor McGregor. And I'll tell you why. So I was thinking back actually, and we had a bit of it. That's why I was texting you the, the, the question that when we fought the first time we were, a very small setup. You're talking really me, you know, Sergio was only kind of starting with his own right. He was just kind of coming into his own as being a striking coach. So a very, a very uh, inexperienced team training in a windy warehouse in Dublin, you know, all those years ago. And we get our first big fight in America. And, you know, there's a funny story, i maybe tell you another time, about me and Artem arriving in Vegas first, and we got put up in the Red Rock, and we didn't realize what we, some of the things in the room we were allowed to have. And <laughs> so very, like, you know, kind of immature and inexperienced and, and bright-eyed, bright-eyed looking around at everything. Uh, no, no, no real formal 
full-time conditioning coach, no real understanding of the data that we now have on them on sleep patterns, on heart rate, resting heart rates, on VO2 max, on lactate training zones, all of these things. You know, we're, you're really comparing Stone Age warriors to guys now measuring things with lasers. And Dustin was already a member of, you know, Globo Gym at that stage. He already had this incredible, you know, maybe the most beautiful facility in MMA. Do you have a, a billionaire backer? I'm still looking for one of them. Um, you know, very experienced full-time coaches. And uh, he had a lot behind him that we really didn't. We had a bit of a crazy guy with a big left hand. And the rest of us were doing our best. And if I compare now with the setup we have, I, I don't know if you've seen the UFC countdown. It's it's really good. It kind of you see a bit more of um, Dr. Julian. That's that's behind the, the sort of brains behind Fast, if you will, and the sort of data he's been keeping for. We now have, I guess, five or six years worth of data with these guys very closely monitoring everything you know we, we've re- the 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 other side the other factors that make up a great athlete that make up a great fighter have finally caught up to the mindset and the raw skill I'll, I'll avoid talent as a word the raw skill that connor had so whereas you know dustin still in globo gym still still has all those great facilities that he's had all that time definitely you know it has improved of course he has but he's really he's 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 going against um, a real world class elite level athlete now. That has improved also in the skill sets. So as you know, like one of the the narratives going into this fight is all right, Connor is the man, but like Dustin has come a long way since 2014. He's a much better fighter, evolved fighter, matured fighter. Doesn't fight with the same kind of emotion. Do you feel like that's that's a little bit overhyped. You feel like he's relatively the same guy that um, you guys fought back in 14. Uh, look, look he, he's absolutely improved. You know, there's, there's, there's no doubt about that. And certainly 155 suits him a hell of a lot better as it does Connor. You know, it was, it was a bit of a, you, you, I'm sure you know the story. It was a bit, it was a bit of a kind of weird story how Connor got in at 145 to begin with, because he had moved to 155, but I don't know whether Sean, Shelby was replying to an old email where I mentioned he was 145, but he was actually 155 when we moved into the UFC. And then he had to go back down. And we had a couple of years there where there was horrible weight cuts. And we we all we all know how he looked on the Wayne scales. Nobody was comfortable with that. And um, now look at him. The man looks like a, an absolute machine. Um, and, and Dustin looks uh, good too. So uh I drifted off there. What the hell? But you know what? Wait a second. I don't know if I know that story. So you guys got signed at 145. You couldn't have told Shelby, hey, you know, we're actually more comfortable at 55. For yeah, you got you to remember my circumstances back then. <laughs> I've been harassing those guys for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I'd lost Connor at one stage. I'd moved to Iceland. You know, everything was sort of falling apart a little bit. And then this branch comes out and they go, uh, 145 fight in a couple of weeks time. Are you in? Yep. Okay. I'm in. I'm in. I wasn't going to be writing back and saying, well, you know, how about 55? And, you know, I can't quite get Connor on the phone for two days. So just give me a bit of time. I, of course, just said yes. And then I would figure out how to make it happen when I got off the phone. Fair enough. Um, Um, The question I was asking was the idea that he is dramatically better. he, he, He certainly has. But I really wish, um, and, and there probably is some footage out there to show our preparation in the lead up to the first um, 
the first Dustin fight, but there was just so many firsts for us in that contest. You know, again, going to Vegas, that whole madness that, that began, you know, the real mania began in the lead up to that fight. I'm sure you remember some of it. Yeah. Um, and I just look at myself. I've done so many hundreds of training camps and hundreds of corners since then. It's I'm just comparing the setup we had then where it was, you know, me, I had no real sports science background, no, no coaching at any high-level background, didn't play sports at any high-level background. I was a nerd, comic-reading engineer, and I was trying to patch it together as we went along. And now, in that half a decade since, since the guys have come along, again, I feel, I apologize, I'm just repeating myself, but it's, it's just so difficult to compare the difference in the professionalism around Connors' preparation in the last five or six years compared to at the start where, yes, we were obsessed with technique and we had a freak athlete that had incredible genetics, put it together. And if we can get this, the 2020 season can be in 2021. I'm so excited for everybody to see what happens when you get a once in a lifetime um, fight IQ with the type of special attributes he has. And you put on top of that, you know, Formula One, racing team technology and brain power and let's go you know one one thing that i've heard connor say in the past about a poirier rematch a potential poirier rematch or even aldo rematch is the first fights were were so convincing it's kind of hard to recreate that right and and he recently said under 60 seconds but he would you know welcome the war that's what he told me last week do you feel like there's any pressure whatsoever to try to do something more spectacular than he did the first time around? Do you feel that in him that he wants to stay true to that under 60 seconds so that he could say that he beat him even better the second time around? Um, I don't know. You, you know Connor and pressure now. There's, he's such an unusual human that the side of the fight, he, the side of, the, of, of all of it he enjoys the most is going to the arena, the locker room, warming up and making the walk and fighting which for a lot of athletes is like, they just want to kind of get it over with and just do the fight. Hmm. So he just doesn't seem to have the same responses to these uh, stresses that, that most people do. So no, I don't get that from it at all. But what, what I would get is that I, there's definitely room for a more, um, and, and again, it's because of how he is a more perfect fight. If we, if we look at the Eddie Alvarez fight, that's, that's about as perfect a fight as you can get. And it went, I think I was off by about eight seconds. I'm not, I'm <laughs> yeah. So, it, you know, it's not an Aldo knockout. It's not less than 60 seconds, but who cared? I, I wish I had to went five rounds of that look. Um, because if you're a martial arts fan, if, you're, if, if you appreciate a, an application of pressure while maintaining what Coach Roddy would say, edge of range, there's a there's a slow mo where Eddie literally bends a nose on Connor's hair. That's that's how much he pulls back, just enough so it bends his a nose, a hair in his nose, and then bang bang, he's back in with his shots. Um, so what does it matter if that's a thirty second long fight or twenty five minute long fight? The longer the better, you know. We I, myself and Connor kind of joked the the part you look forward to. It's kind of weird is that. The fight will be over. We'll be back on the super yacht. We'll be heading to Dubai and we'll all be sitting around staring at our phones, watching the highlights back, watching the fight back. And he'll be pulling it apart, but also enjoying it, enjoying the techniques, the sequences. Let's see if some of the predictions we made amongst ourselves about what will be the damaging shots. 
would um, training mostly in orthodox stance for this whole camp have paid off? Uh, uh, yeah, take that away. Take that away. Um, can you cut that out? Um, yes. So, but you know, whatever happens in the in the fight, we'll uh, we'll just enjoy it. Okay, fair enough. Um, do you think it goes under sixty seconds? Can we get the prediction? I'll do it in the middle here because that was a perfect opening for it. Or do you do you expect the war that Dustin has been talking about? Um, I don't expect a war, but I don't. I, I would. I find it hard to see it under sixty seconds because he's, um, you know, he's such he's such a warrior, and I just think the extra bulk he can take a bit more. Um, but I think it'll look like the Eddie fight. There'll be there, there'll be a beauty to it. Um, it'll it'll be perfect. But I, I could see it going a similar length of time. It's going to take a few knockdowns. It's going to take a few exchanges, um, and you know we need to be prepared for that. So I'm I'm going to say a, a similar a similar kind of distance. I will echo Connor in saying I think it will be decided in 60 seconds. It's going to be somewhat obvious the difference in um, skill. I have, I, I, there's no nice way to say that, and the Connor shots will be landing. His won't. You know I where. I, Dustin said, I thought something kind of interesting. He said he predicted in, in a minute he would be bloodied and battered. And I have to agree with Dustin's prediction. I do think that will happen. And uh, now I think he said for both guys, but I yeah. think it's only going to be one guy. Um, but, you know, Dustin's an absolute, an absolute warrior. He's, in, he's always in uh, phenomenal shape. So let's see if we can take the shots. And I, I, I personally hope that we get, we get eight or nine nice minutes so that. I can pick up another few tips for coaching the rest of my team. How, how do you feel about his his mental state? Like in, in the past, it's always been said he gets to the big fight, but he loses the big fight, right? And sometimes he's put more pressure on himself. Some people have noted that, you know, the whole thing with the, the charity and just kind of him being so eager to take this fight, you know, in, in the words of Ally Quinta, who I quoted the last time, you know, he already lost the fight. You, you're too happy to be here. Do you, do you sense that as well? Do you feel like he's just too happy to take part, or um, do you feel like? I think it's a little bit, a little bit harsh to say that he uh, gets. I, I guess I think that happened a little bit with Cowboy, but yeah. I, I think it'd be a little bit harsh to say that with Dustin because look at his his incredible win over Justin, Dustin mm. and Justin, and um, look at his fantastic win over Hooker. Uh, look, it's fantastic win over Eddie Alvarez. You know, so he's had those. Um, I'm not sure if all those are main event slots, but I know he's had a few main event slots. Yeah, yeah. And he's showed up, he's performed, and he's had great wins. Um, the only one recently was his loss to, um, obviously, Habib. And that's, you know, he went through Justin quicker than he went through Dustin. Um, and then you, before that, you've got to go all the way back to, to Connor, right? Uh, Michael Johnson. Well, he Sorry, Michael out. Johnson. Yeah. Was that not before Connor? No, it was Connor then was, Michael Johnson? Yeah. Okay. And he lost, yeah, okay. So he lost against Michael Johnson a lightweight. Yeah. Uh, yes. No, the Michael Johnson fight was, if I if my memory serves me correct, was the last one before he moved to lightweight. Oh, okay. All right. And, you know, he well, liked- anyway, my, my, my point being is that uh, he does have a lot of those kind of big fight feel fights and he's performed. So, it I, I don't I don't expect anything else except the the best version of Dustin, and he is certainly going against 
the best version of Connor. I'll correct myself so the, the internet doesn't hate me. The first fight at 155 was after Connor, but then he lost to Michael Johnson a couple of years later at 155 as well. So he had been at 155 for some time. And then after that, went on that great streak, beating the likes of uh, Eddie Alvarez, Anthony Pettis, Justin Gaethje, et cetera. Um, all right. So let's say it goes, you know, as, as you are predicting and Connor is as well, how many times do you think he fights this year? That's the big question everyone wants to know. Um, I think three times is very doable. Uh, you know, you kind of have, if you break one third, one third, one third, like yeah. every four months, I think is very doable. Um, if, if the weight cutting thing wasn't something that's, you know, part of the game, uh, it, it'd even be more, I believe. But let, let's, let's, let's try and get three in this year. And when, we, when we're starting in January, I love January fights, by the way. This is, this yeah. is I think, my favorite. I love preparing during um, December and, and you know, we obviously we're very lucky. We get to go somewhere sunny during that time. Um, but it's, there's something very, I don't know, it's, it's a fresh start to the year or something. And he's had a few now. He's fought a couple of times on either my birthday or, or my dad's birthday, actually, oddly enough. And then Tom Egan, he made his UFC debut on my dad's birthday, January 17th. So a lot of 17th and 18th on, uh, on the record. Are you disappointed this isn't for the belt? Um, if, he, if he hadn't have had it before, yes. You know, because you, it, was, it was such an honor for him to get the second belt. Um, and, you know, of course, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to take a huge amount of pride in that. Um, but he's done that. He's, he's had the bells. He's got the money. He has the fame. Now it's different. Now the motivation is different. Now it's about adding to the highlight reel. It's about trying to get it's, – it's chasing that elusive, perfect fight against a perfect opponent. Um, if, at the end of the, if at the end of a great fight there's, there's a shiny thing around his waist, would it really change my level of happiness about the last couple of months to see all corners come true, to see him come true that on the other end? To be sitting beside him this morning, we were both up early this morning. We were the first on the boat, and we were watching the uh, the the UFC um, the countdown show on the yacht and sharing a little moment there. Like that, that's more valuable to me than than another belt. Knowing him like you do, do you think? Like I think there are some people who feel like his career will feel incomplete, or he'll leave upset when it's all said and done. I know he says he'll never retire, but when it's all said and done, if he doesn't get that rematch if he doesn't get to right that wrong do you subscribe to that notion like do you feel like it's something that will eat at him when he's old and gray no no i i don't see that in connor's mindset or attitude about anything you know you know let's he had a loss against joseph joe duffy uh, many many years ago on, on a european promotion and uh, he didn't obsess over that he, of course he could have he could have got that fight back in the UFC if he'd have really put his mind to it you know actually Dustin fought him um, so I just I just, it's not going to be something that keeps him up look at him look look, look what he has look what he's achieved um, and, and on top of everything that you could list that he's achieved what I have seen most recently is contentment and that that to me is almost as valuable as the ridiculous yacht that we Yes. we sail over here on of course there's more valuable 
And that that's what he will have at the end of his career. If it, at the end of his storied career, if if it ever ends, will be, right. I believe, happiness and contentment. And I look at him now giving uh, giving Connor Jr. some instructions on the side of the mat. And I always said the times, the times I could get him to show up to coach's class, they were some of the best classes I've ever seen being taught, being coached. And uh, I would I, I would do anything, anything to drag him into that role at some stage. Ah. And, uh, maybe Connor Jr. will be his first student and then we'll see where he goes from there. And that's, I believe, where he will drift into and find even more joy and contentment. He spoke a little bit about um, his growing respect for the kind of coaches and mentors and teachers he's had throughout the last few decades. At the time, not really seeing what they were sacrificing every every night out of their house, down at the local gym, the local boxing gym. You know, you guys have gotten to know Phil Sutcliffe, which he is a, he's a gem that you're going to get a lot more out of as, as time goes on, as months and years go by. You need to get him on a lot more than you get me on. Um, he's he, the stories he has, and and he's just that's that 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 guy, that guy down in the community gym. That they have hundreds, if not thousands, of stories of getting kids in those early teenagers and knocking them onto the right path. And Connor, I really feel now that growing up and with his own kids, sees the value in that, and he is already trying to help that sector by investing in in a potential gym for for Dustin in his area. And in other things he's doing as well, he wants to give back, you know, and that's the area he knows best is he knows firsthand what what combat sports can do for people. And I believe that will continue to be more of his story. What a story. Unbelievable. And, And you're always very gracious. I always look forward to these chats before the fights and after the fights as well. If things go well. Uh, and we've we've only I've missed never it. Missed one. Yeah, we, we only missed we only missed one one uh, pre-fight chat. That was prior to Khabib. So I mean, it was perfect, right? I mean, we could just forget about all of that. Uh, it was a perfect storm <laughs> of of bad things. But uh, thank you, John. Uh, congrats again to you and your your new family, your budding family. It's great to see you grow up. I remember you with the lip ring back in the day. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so, keep so that quiet. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, uh, and and best of luck to you and the team this week with the weight cut. And of course, on Saturday night as you go up against Dustin Poirier for a second time. All the best. Thank you very much. All right. Now, how fun is this? We get to hear from Connor's head coach, John Cavanaugh. And now we get to hear from Dustin Poirier's head coach, Mike Brown. Of course, Mike Brown, former WEC featherweight champion, former UFC fighter, one of the best coaches in the game. Headman over at ATT corners the likes of and coaches the likes of Jorge Masvidal and Kayla Harrison, Ioannia Jacek, Dustin Poirier, among many others. And I thought it would be fun to get insight from both camps. Rare that we get to do this. Special occasion, big fight. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Mike Brown. So it's clear that he has improved dramatically since that first fight. Would you say that Connor? has improved just as much? Or do you think that Dustin is a vastly different fighter than the one, more so than the Conor McGregor that we'll see on Saturday? I mean, it's it's hard to say. I don't, I don't, I don't know Conor on a personal level and, and know the details as well. as. as but just from what I you wouldn't. see in his fights since yeah, then. Yeah, I mean, he, I think he's improved a lot. You know, I think his game has changed. I think he's added a lot of different weapons. Um, but we we know a lot more about Conor now than we did then. You mm. know, this is... Uh, 
this was for me at that time, this was on his, you know, ascent up. And there was a lot of question marks to be asked, you know, a lot of things we didn't know about Connor at that time, you know, at that time, you know, I think Dustin was by far the best guy he had ever fought. It was like a really big test for him. Um, you know, he, he obviously did great. He passed the test. He looked, he looked great in the fight, but we didn't know a lot of things. Um, since then we've learned a lot. We've seen a lot more fights. We've seen him, uh, in against higher level competition many times. And we've got to see how he performs against that high level competition. And, uh, you know, obviously we, we, we see strengths, we see weaknesses and, uh, you know, that's what we, we, we work to try to exploit those. One of the narratives in the aftermath of the first fight was that uh, perhaps, and this this is what was said, and it's impossible to really know unless Dustin comes out and says it himself. And and he has he has talked about it how you know mentally, the build up, the pressure he put on himself, he was going to be the guy to stop the Connor hype train, all that stuff. There was some bad blood there, um, and perhaps Connor got to him a little bit this time. There's no trash talk. There's no bad blood. Uh, there seems to be a lot of mutual respect. There's none of that. Do you do you like that better for Dustin knowing his personality? Is it better when it's less, you know, or I'm going to go in there and take this guy head off and let's just go out there and fight. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not certain. I, you know, I don't know if it, I don't know if it matters or not, you know, mm-hmm. maybe, uh, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I'm not sure if that's truly a factor. Um, you know, I've seen Dustin mad and angry and pissed and knock guys out in a minute. You know, um, I've seen, you know, I've seen it all. So I don't know if that's always a factor or not, you know. Um, but I, I like where he's at mentally. You know, I, I think he's very confident. He believes in himself. And uh, I don't think that whatever that's going to come at him, I, I don't I, I don't think he, he, he has he hasn't see, seen it before. It's, it's nothing he hasn't seen before. I think that he's, he's prepared for everything. And uh, I, I think he's confident and, and feeling good in, inside his head. Uh, Dustin was saying he's looking forward to a war. Uh, Connor said, you know, 60 seconds or less, but he would invite a war. He also said a war to me might be something different to him. In your, in your heart, how long do you think this fight goes? I mean, that, who knows? You know, this is, it's, it's really hard to predict, you know, but what I do think, I think Dustin can win it anyway. You know, he, I think Dustin has the ability to, to submit him. I think he has the ability to knock him out or he has the, the ability to, to win a decision. And, okay. uh, I don't, I don't think Connor can do all that. You know, I, I don't think Connor can beat him in, in all those ways. The knock on Connor in the past has been his cardio, right? Would you prefer if this goes into the championship rounds to test that? Because that hasn't happened often. Obviously, it happened with Diaz the second time. Um, but people, you know, people say that he he gassed out against Diaz the first time. So w- would you like to test that cardio? I mean, of, of course, he's he has shown a weakness in uh, conditioning. You know, that's I think that's pretty obvious. Yeah. Okay. Um, so as far as the actual preparation for the fight goes, I'm just curious, did you even watch the first fight or was it just so long ago that it's not even, I mean, I know it wasn't the longest fight of all time, but is that even something that you watched because it was so long ago? I mean, of, of course you watch it, but it's, it's a small piece of all the fights, you know, it's looking for patterns and, uh, especially more recent patterns, you know, breaking them down, putting it together and, and, uh, seeing, what he does 
uh, consistently over, you know, more than once or over and over uh, that we can predict what he'll do in this fight and, and train for that. Um, of course we do that, but sometimes you can't also be hung up on what they're going to do. You know, it's, uh, we worry about what Dustin's going to do and, um, and have our opponent adapt to us. You know, of course we got to watch out for the things he's doing, but yes, that, that was a long time ago, but it's not something we didn't look at, but we don't want to put a, a whole lot of energy into it. They're, they're both different fighters now. And we, um, we're looking at the last few years, you know, we're looking at stuff that he, that he does consistently. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Um, you know, the last time we saw him was in June, incredible fight against Dan Hooker. Second round to me was the round of the year. Uh, I, I don't know how he, I mean, like was standing at the end of that round, the onslaught towards the end was just phenomenal. Um, Hooker told me he hated the fight. Like he thought he fought terribly. Um, I know that, you know, you probably don't want to get into a war like that. You know, th those are the kind of fights that can take years off your, your career. How did you feel about Dustin's performance in that fight? Yeah, honestly, what it wasn't his best performance either. You know, I mean, he, he, he didn't fight particularly well. I mean, he, he yeah, I, I don't think he fought well either, honestly. Um, but he's the type of guy that thrives in those situations that when, when it is a really tough fight and a battle and it's and bloody and a, and a mess and both guys are in pain, he's the guy that usually comes out on top in that type of situation. So that's also why I think you hear him talk about stuff like that, because he knows that he's going to win those battles. You know, he don't always, he also has the ability to knock a guy out in 30 seconds. You know, mm. there's no doubt about that. He hits really hard, both hands kicks hard with both legs. He, he's definitely a, you know, a KO artist, but um, he has the ability to do that. And, you know, that's what happened. I, would I want to be down two rounds and have to come back and win three to, to take out hooker? Hell no, that's terrible, you know, but he has that ability. And I mean, for some reason, every time he fights, he's in a fight of the night, fight of the week, fight of the year type fight candidate. You know, this is uh, whether it's Hooker, whether it's Gaethje, whether it's Max, um, Eddie, you know, every one of them is amazing. Right. This guy's I mean, and he's been doing it forever, all the way back to like Korean zombie. Right. Mm -hmm. This guy, this is how he fights, what's in him. That's why people love to watch him. You know, he's uh you know, he's one of the most exciting guys in the sport, if not the most. All right. So that does it for today's show. If you're listening to this as it drops, you'll know that this is a special Wednesday. Uh, we've got a an afternoon card uh, that starts at 9 p.m. Eastern. And then the main card's at 12 p.m. Eastern. You've got Neil Magny versus Michael Chiesa uh, on Wednesday night. Like I said, 9 p.m to 11 p.m. ESPN Radio, wherever you can listen to ESPN Radio, DC and Helwani. Got a three-hour Helwani show on Saturday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. So in the midst of the card, that'll be a lot of fun as well. And then a whole host of things going on as well. So thank you for listening on Monday. Thank you for listening today. Again, thank you to everyone who signed up. Thank you to DraftKings. Thank you to Action Bronson, John Cavanaugh, Mike Brown, TST, New York Rick. Uh, a lot of fun. Nothing like a Conor McGregor fight week. Good to have it back in our lives. Hopefully we get more of them this year and can't wait for Saturday. Not only the main event, the co-main, uh, a lot of good fights on the card. So it's going to be a lot of fun. For now, though, I'm out of time. Thank you again. Please review, download, subscribe, rate, do all the things that you do, allowing us to continue to have this kind of fun 
for all of you, with all of you. Back next week, same time and place, but really, I'm just back tomorrow. I'm like, I'm literally almost back in like two hours. You get the point. Until then, I say peace. I'm out of here. <laughs>